So last week, we started off our series um, entitled Building 2018. Uh, we are, as you know, in the process of raising money so that we can lease out our own facility. And so um, as we stated last week, our building campaign is not about simply brick and mortar, um, but about building people. So all three throughout the year, we will be uh, talking about those things, those key principles that we will utilize during the course of a year to position us to build in a way that God has called Foundation Church uh, to build. And so today I'm going to continue. Last week I didn't really finish my message. Uh, so I, I want to kind of finish and, and then I'm going to talk about unity around vision. Unity around vision. And so right off the bat, I want to say this. So if you did not get a chance to listen to the message from last week, uh, I really want you to take some time, go, go to our YouTube channel, Foundation Church, and look at that message, listen to it, stream it, download it, whatever, because it really all ties together. And so what we really have been kind of focusing in on this month is, is, is really who we are, our vision and mission as a church, and in how we intend to carry it out in 2018. And so, as I stated last week, uh, it's important to talk about vision and mission. And one of the reasons why is because it's so easy to forget uh, what God has called us to do. Uh, understanding vision keeps us grounded. It keeps us focused, which is two important ingredients that is needed and necessary to build. I believe that when we lose sight of our vision, uh, we lose sight of our ability to grow and achieve success in what God has called us to be and to do. So I'm going to educate you today in a real, really profound way, in a real biblical way. I believe today that when you hear uh, the conclusion, by the conclusion of this particular message today, I am fully convinced that there will be not a shadow of a doubt of anyone that is paying either just a slither of attention. You would know exactly who it is, the foundation, who we are, and what it is that God has called this church to be and to do. There will be, uh, I'm going to make that crystal clear for us today. And so it's, it's important that everybody know this. Everybody know what we are building here at Foundation Church. And the reason why that is so important, because I believe that our anointing is rooted in our assignment. So when I say anointing, I'm simply saying God's favor, God's blessing. Uh, you know, every particular church, every church that is called by God has a particular anointing, have a particular assignment that God has laid on that church. And when that church flow in their anointing, their giftedness, what God has called that church to be and to do, that church will have success, just like you in your personal life. God has equipped every one of us with gifts and talents to the degree that you can discover your gifts, your talents and what it is that God has called you to do. And then you flow in that you will be much more effective, particularly as it relates to being a Christian. You will find much more peace in life. You will find happiness in life because you're flowing according to your design. And so that's important. So it's important that, that we understand what is the design of Foundation Church. Because trying to build according to somebody else's DNA will always get us in trouble. Uh, you know, uh, you can go to different churches and you can listen to different preachers and different ministries do different things. And, uh, you know, and I know as a kid, you know, when you're little that you try to mimic certain things. I want to be like this person. I want to be like that person. As it relates to kingdom things, we need to figure out who it is that God's called us to be. 
Um, God has not called us to be the church down the street. I'm going to show you that here in a moment. God has a very, very unique call. And I say unique. He has a very unique call on this church. A very unique call. It doesn't mean that we're better. It doesn't mean that, uh, that, that, that we're high-minded in some way. It just means that God has called us with a particular calling. And I have fully embraced it. I understand it. And my prayer today, I'll be able to communicate that to you in such a way that you will know exactly what this church is about. And you will function and flow in that. And as we all, everybody say all, as we all flow in that, we will achieve and have a level of success and fruitfulness that we can all look back and say, wow, look what God did. Because it's all about what God is doing. Um, and so I want to give somewhat of a summary and a recap. I'm going to restate our vision. I'm going to restate our mission. Now, my prayer is that everyone in here, that you would learn our vision and our mission. When I say learn it, I want you to um, personalize it. I want you to think about it. I want you to see how you fit within the context of that. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to understand it. Why? Because it is the calling of our church. It is the mission and the vision that God has given precisely to us. So let me restate our vision. Now, last week, I'm not going to read the verse. So last week, uh, we, we uh, cited our vision, and we based it on Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Our vision is to establish believers on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. That's our vision. In other words, we're not trying to establish believers on whatever makes them feel good. Our call is not to preach. Our, our calling is to, to not to is try to establish people on... Uh, uh, humanism or world philosophy or uh, Hinduism or Buddhism or Mohammed or some other uh, character, we are called to preach Jesus. That's what we do in this church. Our job, our mission is to establish believers on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is everything in this church. And when I say everything, everything. Without him, there would be no church. We also indicated that in that particular message that the most important aspect to any building is the foundation. Remember, we talked about that last week. We are called Foundation Church for a reason because we believe that specifically our calling is to help lay a firm foundation in every believer. When the foundation helps determine the character and the longevity of a thing. How I many know that when a foundation is not properly laid or applied, then a building uh, is going to be sus suspect to the, uh, the character or the integrity of the foundation? So foundation is everything. Foundation speaks about what you have. Foundation, I mean, when you see some of these magnificent buildings, one of the things I always think about, even, uh, you know, they built a new, uh, they call it Freedom Tower in New York. You know where they, the Twin Towers went down. And, and it's, a, it's just an amazing building. We went there a couple years ago, and we uh, took our family there, and I looked at the building, and the first thing I thought, I, I walked up to it, and I saw how massive, how big it was. And the I, and I, first thing I thought about, the, the foundation to, to hold up that beautiful structure. So, so it communicated something. And, and our foundation communicates something. When a foundation is improperly laid, a Christian perspective, 
for at least from a Christian perspective, it leads to gross misunderstanding and misrepresentation of what Christianity is all about. So, again, our conviction, now I want you to listen very carefully when I say this. We have a conviction in this church. The calling of this church, the conviction that we have in this church is that there's a large percentage of believers whose faith is built on a faulty foundation. His, that's why God called us to start this church. That was the passion. It's, again, we're not saying, we're not prejudging anybody else. We just believe that our assignment is to address these faulty foundations where Christians are left thinking that Christianity is something that it's not. Or people are not getting all the information that they need to truly understand what they're getting into when we become believers. Because we throw that term around so quickly. You ask, the, I mean, you'll do a poll right now of most Americans. They will tell you today that 90% of Americans say they're Christian. But you and I both know that when you read the Bible, when you look at the lifestyle and with the message of, of, of America, you do not see Christian. You may see some aspects of it, but not in its rawest and truest form. So our calling, so this conviction that we have is to address that gap. Building on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ means that believers are taught to obey. All right? Jesus says, if you hear my words and you don't obey my words, he said, it's like you're building on a sand. The winds of life and everything is going to come against your life and you're not going to stand. You're not going to stay consistent as a believer. You're not going to stay focused. You're not going to be bearing any fruit. Why? Because you're hearing, but we're not applying. So, so we understand that part of the dealing with this faulty foundation is that, that we got to teach people to obey the scriptures. We teach people to love Jesus. In other words, Jesus, watch this. Now, we're, again, we're addressing some of these faulty foundational beliefs. Jesus, we must love Jesus more than anything else in this world. Do y'all just hear that? The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That is with everything that is within you. Why? Because Jesus is front and center. He is the origin of everything. He is creator God. And he first created every human being, watch this church, to love him. And to the degree that we're not uh, but not flowing in that reality, then our life is losing ground. There's something that we're missing. We're not living life to the full measure that God intended for us to live it because we love other things rather than love God first. And how many know that particularly as it relates to a believer, that when we put God first, everything else tends to fall into place? This is important. So we teach Building on a firm foundation means that we teach people to follow Jesus, to follow him. In other words, Jesus then become the blueprint for our living. We don't just make decisions anymore. You don't just decide where you're going to live, where you're going to worship, uh, uh, where you're going to work at. You don't just haphazardly decide those things like you did before. Now you have been given a mission. You ought to sit down, talk to God about your life. Why? Because he then is your life. That's, the, that's, that's, that's called laying the right foundation. That so in other words, that anything, any move that I make in life as a Christian, if I want to get God's direction, God's favor and God's blessing, I must seek him. We must seek God with everything that is in us. 
You must seek for his direction, seek for his understanding about your career, who to marry, who you're going to date. You need to talk to God about every aspect of your life. Why? Because you belong to him. And if you're keeping him out of it, then there's something wrong with your foundation because something that you're not getting. Now, the summary, let me give a quick summary of our mission. We said last week, according to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, y'all please stay with me. I just, I got to do this. We said our mission is to train and equip believers to be mature disciples. That's what we're about here at Foundation Church. That's our mission. Our mission is to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple. That's what our calling is. We take that very seriously. Remember I said a moment ago that to the degree that we flow in our assignment to the same measure, we're going we're gonna to get the fruitfulness that, that God wants us to have. To the degree that we don't, we're going to be limited. So in other words, you, we cannot become mature disciples without training and equipping. We'll talk more about that uh, in the coming weeks, about how we're going to equip believers and things we're going to do. God's laid on my heart. Um, equipping and training, it explains the method we use to become what God's called us to be. We have what we call in Foundation Church, we call them equip classes. If you understand the vision and the mission of our church, you will understand that you, if, if you're not participating or prioritizing our equip classes, then you, you're missing the key component to your spiritual growth. You cannot tell me you don't want to grow, you want to grow and understand the mission and the vision of our church and then not participate in our equip classes. Why? Because that's part of our mission to train and equip. You to be, in other words, you're not going to be who you need to be, who God wants you to be. You're not going to learn what you need to be until you make it a priority. You know what? This is going to be a priority for me in 2018 because this is part of our mission. If there's no commitment to be a trained and equipped, then there's no real commitment to our vision and our mission. We defined last week that we talked about being a mature disciple or being a disciple of Jesus. We talked about last week what a true disciple is. We said a verse and we cited a verse that is rarely taught that I think sometimes will cause people to, <laughs> uh, to be a little bit uncomfortable. And uh, it's worth reading here again. Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone desired to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. One that is a true disciple of Jesus died to himself. Uh, I often hear people say, and uh, you know, that uh, I just want to be a better version, be a better version of myself. And sometimes part of that faulty foundation is we believe that that the church is supposed to give me some information just so I can be a better person. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, how many know that God, listen, there, you would search the scripture. There's nothing in the scripture that, that will tell you that it's God desired that you be a better version of yourself. Everything in the scripture tells you to die to yourself and take on the life of Jesus. That's what it means. That's why Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. That's what it means. In our generations, believers are not taught that in, in too many cases. Instead, they spend their lives asking God to help them to, you know, to just do better at whatever they, it is they're doing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk to God about those things, but we must first understand that we got to come from a place of God. What is it that you want me to do now? I'm yours. 
I'm yours now, God. When I, when I, you shouldn't have had this experience, but when I came to Christ, I spent an inordinate amount of time. I mean, I spent hours, hours, days, minutes, years studying the scripture in the word of God. Why? Because I understood my foundation was properly laid. I understood that I was a dead man and that I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. So as a consequence of my being a new creation, then I need to understand who am I all over again. I'm a new man in Christ. That's why the Bible says if any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. All things passed away. That all you died. And if you don't understand that properly, then your foundation is not laid in the correct way. We defined last week, we, we defined maturity. We said maturity is not in how many years you've been going to church. Unfortunately, there are many people today who think that they're spiritually mature because they've been going to church for 15, 20, 30 years. Well, I'm going to my mama's church. I grew up in this church. You can grow up in that church. You can go to someplace 15, 20, 30 years. I've had people come here and say, man, you know, I was, a, I was this or that in another church. And, and the first thing I say to them, that, that, that's good. But what we need to see is how your life measure up to the fullness of the measure of Christ. Because spiritually Spiritual maturity is discovered or noted in how much we're growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. So not just Bible knowledge you know, but it's Bible knowledge that is helping you to grow and to become who it is that God has called us to be. Now, so let me, let me say one other thing with regard to that. So the primary way we talked about this last week, we said last week that we are a word church. Now, every church should be a word church. But I like to say that we are word church on steroids. We give you a lot of scripture here. We, we give you a lot of scripture here because we believe that the Bible, that the word of God is the thing by which we live, breathe, and have our being. The word of God is everything to us. It, I mean, the Bible, you read Psalm 119. I mean, I, just go back and read Psalm 1. It's a very, very long psalm. But all you hear the psalmist talking about is how much he loves that word and how he can't live without that word, how every single day he is in that word. The Bible says, for an example, in 2 Timothy 4, uh, verses 2 to verse 4, it says, preach the word. My job and here at Foundation Church, is not to preach my opinions. Whenever I give you an opinion, I usually will state that's my opinion, <clears throat> but whenever I give you an opinion from the pulpit, I'm always a little bit nervous because I don't want you to run with my opinion and think my opinion is gospel. The Bible says preach the word. How many know there's safety in the word? Preach the word. Watch this. Be ready in season and out of season. Here's what Paul was saying to Timothy. He said, Paul, he says, Timothy, Timothy said, uh, Paul said to Timothy, he said, I want you to preach the word of God in season, out of season. In other words, when they want to hear it and when they don't. How many know that we're living in a generation that unless you are blind, if you, if you have any knowledge of church culture at all, we, are, we live in a generation today that do not truly preach the measure of the word of God. We just live, I mean, you don't, listen, we live in a generation today, the Bible says, that, look at this, it said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. 
In other words, we don't want to hear that Bible stuff. I've had preachers say that to me. I don't preach too much Bible. I just, you know, and what they do now, they, they got really good. They break out the Bible and they read one or two verses. Then they sit it down and they, they spend the rest of that time telling you their opinion. I'm not judging. I'm just calling it like I see it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? We're called to preach the word in season. Honestly, it doesn't matter if people like it or don't. Listen, I've sat here and I've stood up here and preached, and I've seen the look on some people's face. I've seen people get up, stand up on that chair, and walk out because they couldn't handle something that I said. And the only thing that will make me troubled by it, if, if, it, if, it, if it didn't come from the book, but if it came from the book, I bless you on the way out. Because at the end of the day, we must maintain the integrity of the word of God. He says, they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Listen to this. Because they have itching ears. In other words, I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied. I need something else. Give me another fix. I'm not satisfied. Because they're itching ears. Watch this. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears, well, look at this, turn their ears away from the truth. Watch this. And turn to fables. In other words, I will find somebody that will teach and preach and tell me what I want to hear rather than what the book says. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? As a Christian, you ought to be more concerned about what the Bible, is he preaching the Bible to me? You may not even, you may not even like what it says, but you got to ask yourself the question, pastor, brother, sister, is what, is what you just said to me, is it biblical? And then, then, and then if it's proven to you that it's biblical, the only thing left for you to do at that particular moment is to bow down and say, the word of God has spoken, then I need to acquiesce my life to what the word of God says. Is anybody hearing that this morning? Amen. So that's what we emphasize here because we know that folks have itching ears. So we believe that maturity primarily comes through the teaching of the word. We, everything we do here is about the word. It's about the word. Now watch. So let me give you some examples. Now, this is going to crystallize for you. So I kind of laid, we kind of restated our vision, our mission, because I really want you to get into your spirit. It's to establish that believers on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Our vision, our mission is to train and equip believers to be a mature disciples. Now, watch this. What are these examples of faulty foundational belief? Because you may be sitting here today and say, Pastor, what exactly are you talking about? Let me explain to you. And in so explaining this to you, watch this. It will crystallize to you. What foundation is all about? The assignment that God has for our church. We all need to understand that. Now watch. So what are some of the examples of faulty foundational belief systems? Just so you can get it. Number one, here, here, here's some of them. And I, I, I said this a moment ago, so I won't elaborate on it. Here's another faulty foundational belief. Now, I'm, when I ask you to say faulty foundation, I want you to repeat after me, faulty foundation. All right? I'm going to ask, I'm going to clue you. This is a... Uh, call and response message. So some of you who grew up in the old, uh, in the old traditional uh, uh, African-American churches, you know what I'm talking about, the call and response, the passive preacher, you shout it back. So you're going to get to shout it back a little bit this morning. I'm going to give you a little bit of that. It, it, it'll be marginalized to some extent, but we'll give you a little bit of that. So what do I mean? So watch this. So spiritual maturity, watch this. Here's one of these faulty foundational belief systems. Spiritual maturity is defined as one that's been saved for years or occasionally attend church, attends church. All right, say faulty foundation. Come on. Foundation. Spiritual maturity is not based upon that. It's much more, as we just talked about. 
Number two, a belief that church is primarily, that, 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 that the primary mission of the church is to meet my physical and personal needs, even at the expense of spiritual growth. Everybody say faulty foundation. Right? The church, see, that's Red Cross mission. Their mission is to meet physical needs and all of that and, 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 to, and to feed people and clothe people. Now, you may say, Pastor, the Bible, te- the Bible does tell us to feed people and clothe people. It tells us to look out for the poor. But that's a byproduct of the primary reason why the church exists. The primary reason why the church exists, are you still listening? Say amen. I can back this up through scripture. The primary reason that the church exists, and you talk to the most, a lot of people, Christians out there, folks out there, they would say, man, it's a job of the church to clothe the hungry and feed the poor. The primary mission of the church is to preach the gospel and make disciples. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and feed poor people and feed the hungry. He said, go into all the world, preach the good news of the, of, of the gospel and make disciples. Did he not say that? That then is the primary mission of the church. Y'all see how we got it twisted. Everybody say faulty foundation. Another faulty foundation, a belief that it's the job of pastors and spiritual leaders to study the Bible. The parishioner job is to listen and apply when necessary. Everybody say faulty foundation. You go to some places, man, it is believed that throughout the church now, man, it's the pastor's job to study and to bring a word and preach to me. And so what we are raising up is a lot of people who are going to church who are biblically illiterate. And I don't say that lightly. What I'm, what I simply mean by that is because you have been taught, you have ascribed to the mentality and nobody is pushing against it. You subscribe to the mentality. It's not my job to study. Everybody in this church, listen, you're called to be a part of this church and this mission. You are called to study the book. Amen. That is our mission. You study the book. Don't ever, ever, ever leave your salvation, your soul's redemption to somebody else. You need to develop a conviction on the word of God for yourself. Amen. And to the degree that you don't do that, you won't be able to articulate it. Everything I tell you with regard to witnessing and, and bringing in and making disciples, you won't be motivated to do it because you're not equipped. Getting, listen, just what I'm giving you on Sunday is good stuff. But you need more than that. You need a personal, everybody say personal, time of study. Well, you are spending some time in the word reading every day. I'm not just talking about a casual read. Why would you want to casually read something that has to do with your eternal soul salvation? We're talking about your, you're going to live much longer. The average life nowadays is what, about 70 years if we're blessed? 70, 75 years if we're blessed? How many know that eternity is what? Forever. Forever. So if I'm going to live forever in it, I need to know what this is. Because here's what I do know, that the death ratio is one per person. Everybody's going to get there at some point. Unless Jesus come back and rapture. How many of you want to, how you love for Jesus to come back and rapture you, rapture you and take you out of here right now? I don't know about you. I would love, I would love to be preaching and boom. And if everybody gone and you still here, uh-oh, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> 
And when the rapture comes, you need to be up. You need to be up out of here, everybody else. If you're still sticking around, you need to really get in that book, pray, go do what you got to do. Another faulty foundational belief is a belief that a good spiritual message encourages one in their personal life pursuits. But don't inspire them to be like Jesus or to change. Now, it's not the wrong with life pursuits. But a good message is not just about a life pursuit. It's about a life pursuit that is wrought in God. Right? Because when I, when I got saved, let, can I, let, me, let me give you an example. So when I got, when I got saved, uh, when I was, even, let me go back. When I was growing up, my mom kept me in church. Y'all know the story. I won't even rehash it. Uh, she kept me in, in, in church and all that. And I had no desire to be a policeman. I certainly had no desire to preach. I thought that perhaps that one day that I used to get in the mirror and I used to try to sing like some of my favorite singers. I thought, hey, I could sing. You know, I got a little bit of a voice. You know, I can do a little, little something, something, something. But let me tell you, preaching and policing were far from my screen. God saved me. My wife did. God saved me. I developed an interest in police work. God saved me strategically. If you want to know more, come talk to me one day. I'll tell you about it. Without a shadow of a doubt, put me on a police department Put, I mean, brought, literally brought us up here and called me to preach. I never saw it. I never saw it coming. But here's the one thing I did. When I remember the day I did it, I drove and out of my frustration, and I just got saved, and I didn't have a clue. And I, I did have a man, an older man, a gentleman, you know what I'm talking about, who would just sit down to me because I needed to understand, man. I mean, I'm all in this thing. And, and, and I, need, I knew I needed to spend time. God, what is you want me to do? I remember driving to a dead end, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I said, all I did, I said, God, I need a job. I, I, I majored in mass communications, but I ain't feeling that. No doors are opening. God, I need direction. All of a sudden, I applied for the police department like weeks or months before that, and they told me to keep on going. Goodbye. And all of a sudden, right after I prayed that prayer, the next week, out of the blue, they called me up. And before I knew, within a month and a half, two months, I was swept away. My life was radically changed. And I knew God was directing my steps. Why? Because I took it to him. See, life pursuits are good, but make sure that whatever you're pursuing, that God is involved. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Make sure that you took, take some, took some time, you understand my English? You took some time and prayed and said, Lord, this is your life, what it is that you want me to do. Because here's what I'm thinking I need to be doing, but God, will you confirm this for me? If you're there, lead me. And he did. And boy, I never thought I'd be standing up here. Let me tell you something. If it's a shock to you, brother, it's a shock to me. I'm more shocked than anyone you could ever imagine. <laughs> a desire, another faulty foundation. Man, I got to do this quick. Another faulty foundation. Um, a desire for messages that are light on biblical substance. And heavy on emotionalism. Thank you. Faulty foundation. Very good. A desire for messages. Look at this. That are light on biblical substance, but heavy on emotionalism. You go to. So, everybody, some of you know you grew up in church. You grew up in places where they were just power packed with emotionalism. I, 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 listen, I got no problem if people want to shout 
You know, they go to church. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, and they get to shouting, man, and they get to jumping up and down and doing cockwheeling, flipping and all that stuff. Then you say, what did the pastor preach? I have no idea, but it was good. I don't know what he preached, but man, it sounded right. And man, just and everybody and a big show. I don't, you don't come, you don't come here. God has not called us to be a show. This is not Ringling Bonham and Bailey Circus. All right. You get it? No, it's not that. We're not called to be I, listen, God created emotions, emotions are good. I'm not knocking emotions. But there's a place and a context for emotions. We don't want emotions to take the place of you knowing what the Bible says. We want you to walk out of here with substance, because here's what I learned. If I just pack you with emotions, then you might quit on God. You might give up. You might do something stupid, because you don't understand that it rains on the just and the unjust. And just like everybody else got to walk through some stuff, you got to walk through some stuff, too. But you have a biblical context, and we give you substance, so then you understand how to live your life in these situations. A belief, another, everybody say faulty foundation. A belief that a good church is about filling the seats rather than making disciples. That's right. Oh, man. Long as, they, long as you got them in the seats, long as you got them in, that's all that matters. Get them, get, get them in, load them up. You know, the devil has always tried to tempt me. Can I be honest? That you just need to, you know, just change some things. And, 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 and structure stuff in a way that you just fill the seats. There are some pe- people that know how to do that. But how many know that, see, see, but here's the problem. It's not about just filling the seats. I want every seat in here filled and then some. Trust me, we need that. But not at the expense of making disciples. Y- y- y'all hear what I'm saying? We're about disciples. So, so watch. So a lot of folks... This is what people think. This is what the world thinks. This is what some people in church think. Man, churches, churches, that church is growing, it's booming. And you know what they, you know how they, they say it's growing and booming? Based only upon the numbers. I want to flip it the other way around. Let's make disciples and have a lot of numbers. Let's just not think about, okay, just as long as we get them in the seats, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're about preaching the word of God. We want you to get the word of God. We want you to be changed. That's our mission. That's our calling. Jesus said, watch this. Jesus said that broad and wide is the gate that leads to hell, and many will find it. But narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there will be a few that get that. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. So all I'm trying to say is just because everybody doing it, and parents, this is what you got to tell your kids. This is a good verse to give to your kids, that many of your kids start signaling to you that you're outdated and everybody else is doing it. You need to read this verse. Why is the way and broad is the way that leads to hell? It's not about what everybody is doing. It's about are we committed to truth? Amen. Truth matters. We must be committed to truth. And as a result, now, now, so those are some examples of faulty foundation that God has called Foundation Church to address. Now you're understanding. Okay, now I see what Foundation Church is, what our calling is. Now watch this, and you're beginning to see that perhaps that's why maybe we're not growing at the clip we would like because the way that we're building is not in a way that is, that is very, very appealing to someone who's not trying to change. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Am I making sense to anybody? Come on, walk with me. The results of a faulty foundation. So what are the results? So what do, what do we see as a result of these, um, 
bad, uh, these uh, faulty foundational system beliefs. What, so, so what are the results? So here's what we have. We have today people that are seeking out churches that preach feel-good messages that won't offend much. The minute you offend me, I'll leave. The minute, man, you say, but I, I'll, I'll stay. But boy, don't, don't, don't start messing my, don't start messing my personal life. They say, Pat, oh, you better not go near my money. Don't even touch that. <laughs> I laugh because we've had, listen, we've had people come in. I can say this because nobody here. So everybody say nobody here, right? Nobody, if this affects nobody here, so I can say that. I have people come to me, and, and, and I say, well, why would you leave such and such church? Because they ask, they, they ask for money. Now, listen, I know that there are some churches out there that are money-driven. I know some. But just because a church asks you for money ain't a reason to up and leave. Because how many know you need money to advance the kingdom? You need money. God has called us to do that. He's, I mean, that's a natural process that God has created. But, 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 but I understand something. It's not all about money. It is about the building of God's kingdom. And we love resources to the extent that it helps us further his agenda in the earth. That's why, that's why we want more resources, because we believe that God's called us to do something great. So people seek church that are feel-good messages that won't offend much. Watch this. They seek out churches today based on size and programs rather than churches that will inspire them to change and be like Jesus. So I need to, I need to find me a church that got a lot of program for my kids. In this particular area, that's what it's all about. Parents will send their kids to church. They'll send their kids to a youth group, but they don't attend themselves. And watch this. And the church is okay with it. We don't say nothing because as long as we got them in the seats, man, you know, it's all that matters. Here's what I'm trying to say. That is a faulty foundational belief. That, that is something that we got to address because how many know that God is in the business of saving people? And if God going to save your kids, how many know he want to save your mama and daddy too? So we need to pray them all come to church. But, but in our generation, it's like people in, our, in, in this area, in our area, they, they look for a church, and they try to find out, okay, we just need something for our kids because we're too busy to do stuff with them ourselves. We're too busy. We've got too much going on, so we need to get them into something. But, okay, that's okay, but make sure that whatever you're getting them into, that they're being rooted and grounded in the word of God, that they're being taught to love Jesus first. How many know that Jesus must be first? Watch this. Here's another result of a faulty foundational system. They seek out churches for a mate, other than uh, in other outside interests rather than seeking to know Jesus and love him. Now, I, I need a, hmm, but I, I, I had one brother, man, he went from church to church and told me that. I was yeah, looking, for, looking for his mate. I need, I need to, you know, you should primarily come to church because you want to be, how many know until you're married, you're married to Jesus? Men and women. Until you're married, you are married to Jesus. Act like you're betrothed to him. Love him. People come seeking church today. Man, I need, me a, 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 I need a running club. Maybe I can find a running club in the church. I ain't nothing wrong with running clubs. I'm a runner. I like the job. But not at the expense of knowing Jesus. 
So if I got you great programs, I got you all these great accolades, but you're not loving Jesus and you're not understanding what being a disciple is. All I did was I gave you a good program. I gave you some activities, but I haven't led you to lay down your life for Jesus. You've missed the most important point. This is hard. The true teaching, here's another result of a faulty foundation. The true teaching and conviction of the word is seen as a turnoff rather than an avenue for spiritual growth. The true teaching of the word of God is a turnoff. Man, it's too much Bible, man. Faulty foundation, she said. Everybody say faulty foundation. Yeah. The true conviction is seen as a turnoff. You know, I don't know about you, man. I've, said it. I've been saved. That. I mean, it's going on 20, 28 years. Man, time is flying. You know, every year it seems like it. But, you know, it's amazing. But, man, I get, you know, I just get excited about the word. Whenever there's a good, I mean, I love the word. I love to go to places, man, when they get the Bible study, man. My wife would tell you, when I wasn't, we weren't pastoring, we used to get to church. We were one of those crazy people, right? We would literally get to church 30 minutes, 45 minutes early, and I would get the seat right up front. Because I wanted, because first of all, I got the church. I got the church. Any church I ever joined, since I've been saying, she tell you, any church you ever joined, it, was, it had to have a good word. You can have good music, you can have good children ministry, you can have all that. But if you didn't have a good, strong teacher, I was like, mm, turn off for me. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't, I can't. I can't. See, can't do it. It's not. I can't do it. I try. It don't work for me. So I get excited about this word, man. You open the Bible. Let's do a Bible. You're gonna do a Bible. How many of you get excited about that? Hey guys, we're gonna have a Bible study on Wednesday. Woo! We gonna get in the holler. I'll be it. What time you start? Nowadays it's like, oh. Bible study. No, you got to do cockwheels. You got to have. You got to have some donuts. Uh, you got to put on some TV. You got to put. You got to do everything just to keep people interested in the Word of God. Because we've been feeding them so much. How many know you can't live on junk food? If you give somebody too much junk food, it ain't gonna help them. Everybody say meat nutritional stuff. If we got to do all this stuff just to keep you interested in the word, come on church. Walk with me. Well, I mean, we got to do cockwheels, feed you, do all kinds, just all, let's do everything we could possibly do. Oh, and let, let's just get the, let's have the big old nice church, let's get the smoke, let's, because we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, but let's put on the big smoke machines. It'll look just like the power. We, we, I mean, let's make it, let's, you know, let's, let's make it loud. Let's, let's just do this thing. Again, I'm not knocking those things. I'm just saying not at the expense of what's really important. Y'all see what, what foundation, are y'all starting to see what foundation church is all about? Y'all seeing how we're cutting against the grain a little bit? Do you understand that, right? Do you understand we're cutting against the grain? Because we are raising up bona fide disciples according to the word of God. I'm convinced of that. If you believe that, then you got to get excited about it. Oh, gosh. Uh, nowadays, the result of this faulty foundation is there is little to no conviction to live holy just to seek forgiveness. <laughs> Y'all hear that? No, no more about the living holy stuff. Just ask God for forgiveness. God's a God of grace and love. Don't worry about how you live. God don't care about that. As long as you, you know, just ask God for forgiveness. Yes, God is a God of love. God is a God of grace. God is for God of forgiveness. But how many know God is also a God of judgment? You can't get pieces of God. You got to get the whole caboodle. I think I said that wrong, but you understand what I mean. Um, 
So we got to live holy. We got to live right. We got to strive to live holy. The Bible says without holiness, no man will see God. So we got to teach people to obey the scripture, not just live according to the bare minimum. How, how far can you push the grace envelope? How deep, how far can you sin and get God? How far can I go? No, we want to teach people to live holy. I mean, know that living holy is not a popular message today. Well, I want to talk about no living holy, Pastor. Come on now. We don't want to get into all that. I mean, you know, living holy is just simply living your life under the submission of Jesus Christ. That's all living holy is, that you're dedicated to him, that you love him, that you're serving him with everything that is in you. Now, let me just say this, and I'm, I'm going to get ready to close here. Because here's what we're not. Having said all that, I want you to understand who we are, what God's called us to be. Here's what we're not. We're not judgmental or think we are better than other ministries. I said that before. That's not what we are. We're not boring. And we don't avoid fun activities. I love to have fun. I love to go to movies. I love to, to dance, uh, even though some people try to say I can't uh, because some people don't know the truth. I, I can out dance just about anybody in this room, and one day I'm going to break out and show you. I got, that's right. I can, I, I'm a bad brother. I, you don't want to mess with me when it comes to that. I'm telling you. All right. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I like to have fun. We're not no legalistic. We ain't in all that. We're not no strange people. No, we're not afraid to engage people who are different than us or who don't see it the way we see it. It's okay. We like sinners. We love sinners. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. So, yes, we welcome all people. Hey, come on in, man. We, you know, but hey, we, but when you get here, just you just need to know we're going to share the truth with you in love because we love you that much. So we're not, we're not crazy. We're not, you know, strange or weird. Uh, we're not isolationists. We are just serious about this book. We're just serious about what God has called us to be. That's all we're saying. We're serious about it. We actually take this, we take this to heart. This is not something that we just, it's not a fad for us. It's what we do. Now, in closing. So, now, having said all that, it's important that we have everybody in this church, the part of this church, watch this, that, that everybody get unified around our vision and mission. In other words, you got to embrace this. God, I, 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 if you feel a conviction in your spirit, I know what pastor is saying is right because I've seen it. I believe it's true. I know because now you understand what Foundation Church is about. You understand what we're called to do. But now we got to get you behind it. Everybody got to get behind it. The Bible talks about in Psalm 133, it talks about how good and pleasant it is the brethren dwell together in unity. All right? Unity is not Everybody being in the same place at the same time. That doesn't mean that's not unity. Unity comes from inside. How many know that a husband and wife can be in the same house? Don't mean they're unified. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It don't mean that they're in unity together. They're just in the same place. Don't mistake in it. We got to get it right in the heart. Why? Because God knows our hearts. Well, you know, that's passive vision, vision, but God has called me to do something else. So I'm going to do what I feel like God's calling me to do. Then you're rebellious. You're rebellious because God doesn't work outside of divine order. Just the way God does things. God does things according to divine order. And you got to flow in that. All of us have to flow in that. He says, he says, it's like the dew of Hermon. It's a picture of beauty. 
He says that unity is attractive. It's contagious. Fire breathes fire. Y'all get it? Fire breathes fire. We need to be on fire about what God's called us to do. And, and another reason God says, he said, the Bible says, God says that, that he commands the blessing where there is unity. That's why we got to fight for unity. Not just that you show up, but that you show up in spirit and in heart. Give me just five minutes. I'm almost done. Give me five minutes. I know it went a little long this, this couple, past couple weeks, but I, this is the only time I get to do this in, in extensive ways during this time of year because I want everybody to get it. God commands blessing. We must have unity around our assignment. Paul encouraged the Corinthian church, for an example, to get on the same page. He said in 1 Corinthians 1.10, he said, Now I plead with you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no division among you, and that you be perfectly joined in the same mind, the same judgment. If anybody knew anything about the Corinthian church, they were a mess. Had a lot of people there, but they were all divided. And Paul said, watch this, Paul said, Corinthian church, if your church is going to be what God wanted to be, it's going to be fruitful. Y'all got to be on the same page. It can't be anybody with different agendas. It's only should be one agenda in this church. The only agenda is our vision and our mission. And anything that you bring to the table, how does it fit in that? The early church, unity was the key to their success. I'm almost done. Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking the bread, prayers. In other words, they followed the apostles' leadership. They understood spiritual authority. They respected it. They understood that these men were called by God to lead them. So with, that, with the apostles were teaching, they embraced it. It wasn't no attitude, well, I, you can do that, but I'm not doing that. No, it's everybody. The apostles taught it. They jumped on it. They fellowshiped. They stayed involved in each other's lives. They came to church together. I've said before, I've said again, you cannot, will not ever grow to the full measure of what God wants you to be without regular fellowship with other believers. It's impossible. Can't happen. Because God has designed us to be a body of believers interconnected. So the information you may get, you may can go up online and you may can look at our sermon online and see it. But let me tell you something. But it's, it's not until you actually hear and fellowship with like-minded believers where you get the full measure of what that message was all about. You need to be in the house. Bible, in fact, the Bible says, watch this, in Acts 2, 44, it says, Now all who believed, Acts 2, 44, all who believed, we're together. Everybody say together. Come on, everybody. Come on. We're welcoming. Together. All who believe were what? Together. They were together. We want a blessed church. We got to be together. We, every time the doors open as much as we possibly can, come together. Why? Because it's the avenue by which God want to bless our church. God blesses unity. God will bless us if we get around one vision and one mission. So everybody must embrace the vision of Foundation Church. It's not just about having a head knowledge of what we're about. There can be no attitudes that says, well, that's just his vision. I want to do what I want to do. That's not biblical, and it's not going to help us in achieving what God has called us to do. Divided visions will breed division, and we won't fulfill who God has called us to be. Now, let me just say this. And I'm done, but let me say this. There is, I want you to listen to me, listen to me carefully. There is 
no church. I've taken some time to study this for myself. I've researched it. There is no church that is building the way that God, in this area, that God has called us to build. There's no church. You will find churches that are doing the unique thing. And again, I'm not knocking those churches. I'm just saying what God's called us to do is very unique. I don't believe there's any church in our area that's building in the way that you just heard me explain how God called us to build. Some of you will confirm that to me. You know it. You've been around. They're not building. When, when, I, when I say this, I'm talking about the ideas and the values by which we hold. Therefore, therefore we must fully embrace. We, you know, when something is unique, uh, anybody ever watch Shark Tank? That's my favorite show. So whenever you look at that show, just say to yourself, that's Pastor Bill's favorite show. I love that show. Uh, there's all these people that come up there and they got these original ideas. They got, they got some kind of invention or some business, and they're trying to get these shark tanks. They're trying to get these guys to invest. So they got to sell it. They got to stand up there, and they got to talk. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's I've seen a common, a common theme. But everybody that get one of the sharks to invest, every one of them, man, they're excited because they believe that what they got, it's better. Ain't nothing else out there like it. Because that's what it, the Shark Tank is all about, bringing up something that nobody else has got. Nobody else is doing. And let me tell you, when they present it, man, they're like enthusiastic. They're excited. And even if, the, even if nobody else is, they are. They got to sell it. Let me tell you something. We need to wear our yellow shirts. We're going to be out in the community. I, I talked to Gloria uh, earlier, a little while ago, and Gloria said and she was so happy about feeding the, um, uh, the homeless people the other day. And she said, Pastor, I hope we do more of that. I said, yeah, we're going to do more than that. I said, we're going to do a lot of that. I said, but, but we should wear our yellow shirts with pride. Yeah. We should wear those yellow shirts. Man, because we're unique. We're different. We're not better. It's just our assignment. We fully embrace. We know who we are. We're called to do this. You can go out and tell people, man, friends and folks who don't just want to experience. How many know we live in a generation a day, and this, this millennial generation? They're they educated. They don't need another church experience. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They're sick and tired. Y'all a couple of millennials. I call y'all two back there. Y'all millennials. Are, y'all, would y'all, are they millennials? They don't, want, they don't just want another. Man, they want to know what's real. They don't have, they have, they, look, they got busy lives. They don't need to waste their time coming to another church and just having a praise on. They want some substance. Then we, got to, we got to know what we're talking about. We got to know our stuff. We can wear our yellow shirts. We step out of this building, man. I got my yellow shirt on, man. I know who Foundation Church is. Man, I know what we're trying to build, who we are. If you want to know, if you want to grow, if you want to be a serious Christian, if you want Foundation Church, that's the place to be. I'm excited about it. Can y'all give God a praise if y'all received that today? Come on, stand to your feet.